0: Learn more at marines.com. Have like ladies in their rooms. Unless we sneak them in in Seahawks gear. Yeah. Well, not, yes. oh my god I love that so much I loved it and hated it but it did make me laugh so did, I, I, did she have on like pads? so that was my
1: question because like I just need to go through you you know that there are players that successfully have snuck someone into their room like I just have this feeling like, like there are just different levels of like how successful people have been like sneaking people in during the and again don't do it it's very dangerous like it completely goes against the idea of having a bubble
0: Welcome to an ACC podcast. I am Lauren Brownlow, and I thought about titling this episode um, just with a massive question mark <laughs> because I don't know.
1: <laughs> I might use that when I post it.
0: <laughs> I don't know, like how that works in Apple's like search engine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like at this point, who knows? Might be uh, the full title.
0: <laughs> Big shruggy. Can you draw like a shruggy? Uh God, this week's been insane. Um I mean, no one that's Caroline Darty, by the way. I think most of Hello, you. hello. <laughs> like, this week has been so crazy. At my job, again, I know like everyone cares so much, but like we have um some editors sort of multitasking and things like sports and whatnot. And like our sports multitasker is on vacation this week. And he usually comes in at like four o'clock. So like, yeah, I have been, I have been uh, solo and working some lengthy almost 12 hour days at times. Yeah. It's,
1: Sometimes. it's so weird. It's such a tough, I mean, it's been tough for months. Um, just speaking for a lot of people in this case, speaking specifically about sports media industry. Um, and you know, you have all these furloughs and buyouts and layoffs and all this stuff. And, Honestly, there's been times where it's been tough to find content, but like right now things are still slammed. But it still feels thin when it comes to coverage. And there's people that want to read some things, and the advertising is just a mess. Like the whole thing's a mess. And it's this week has been crazy. Starting from well, was that Sunday night with all the yeah, the Sunday Trevor? Night. Was that this week? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the Trevor Lawrence tweets um, where they kind of pulled the switcheroo and all the people that thought that we want to play was in counter production to the, we are united. And then they basically woke up and realized that they were retweeting supportive of creation of a union.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was amazing for me. Um, very much enjoyed yeah. that. It's just, it's yeah. There's been so many twists and turns and actually like I was trying to balance all of the news, but also trying to get out a story of my own, which you can read at WRALsportsfan.com. I think it's still up, like, in a place where you can see it. <laughs> I tweeted it out at one point, too. But um, I wanted to know, I wanted to sort of know, okay, what does it actually mean in terms of suing, right?
1: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, what does that mean in terms of, like, we hear that a lot about people saying, like, can these players sue, right? And And for me, I wanted to look at, what does that actually look like? Is it going to be this sort of real wild, wild west, so to speak, of, of lawsuits? And I actually, I talked to a personal injury attorney, my brother actually works at the firm um, that this guy runs. And I spoke to him about sort of what that would look like and actually both of the states caroline and i reside in are what are known as contributory negligence states which means that if you contribute in any way to your own injury i guess in this case being COVID 19 um you cannot recover any money oh interesting Um, yeah like it's so like if you contribute even if it's 0.1 percent to your own issue um you can't recover it's actually he told me when we were chatting later that it's why he they don't take slip and fall cases um, in North Carolina or Virginia because they know they're going to have a. I mean, they'll take some if it's really bad, but like basically, it's like if you could have seen that there, you were walking over a wet spot. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. So this in this case, it would be if the players know you know the risks are known and decide to play. Right. That's assuming their own risk and they're partaking in the risk taking. I guess um, a very weird way of saying it.
0: Yes. And and it, what was interesting, too, was, um, you know, I brought up some stuff to him, for instance, the Steve Adazio case at Colorado State. We <laughs> well, we don't know if that's, you know, those things are true, but if they could be proven, if you assume they can be proven, um, you can't even necessarily win a case like that without proving that you got COVID-19 from football. Um, yeah, and that's the other that was, Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to prove that. And we all know that you could get it from several different places. So you'd have to prove that, you know, you got it from playing football and from football practice. And that would also be very difficult to do. And, you know, it it, it was interesting to me because I thought, okay, well, if any case is a slam dunk, it's that one. And no, not necessarily. (laughs) And um, there's that layer. And then there's also... Um, he mentioned Caleb Farley at Virginia Tech too. Caleb Farley opted out, and he said that was in part because of some of the practices that Virginia Tech was engaging in with regards to COVID nineteen. And he said in that case, he actually thought there could be a potential suit in terms of loss of op- a loss of opportunity to compete. You know, if you're an NFL prospect and a school you want to play, but your school is not doing things safely enough, yeah, um, sharing that, masks. Or yeah, or, or um, yeah. That one was gross. I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: like, yeah. You can't having a hundred, or what did he say? There were a hundred people in the indoor facility and close proximity lifting and all of those things. And
0: yeah, it's yeah. not ideal.
1: I mean, and I, I actually, yeah.
0: I thought that was interesting in the sense of like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 as well. Because what I'm wondering, ever since they canceled their seasons, is how much they've been in the ears of their fellow, you know, mm-hmm. colleagues in the other leagues and saying, like, hey, guys, if y'all have a season and it happens to go okay, now we're going to get sued. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from, you know, because, like, we all know that they're not going to – I mean, I guess they could have football in the spring, but – The fact that I guess like reports came out recently that they had not even discussed the spring until the day before they announced they were canceling the season. I don't think I've been more angry at almost anything in this past week than I was. It's unbelievable.
1: How do you not? It's, it's so silly in this whole affair affair being the entire pandemic has shown on multiple levels. Like this is not just to knock the leadership, you know, the NCAA or the Pac-12 or Big Ten or conferences or whatever else. I mean, we can go all the way back to governmental responses, city responses, and then just personal responsibility of wearing masks and social distancing, which clearly people have not done over the past five months, and we're still doing this. Um, But the lack of central leadership in college football is shocking, I think. I don't know if I knew it was that. And, And this is a big situation. I understand that. Um, But the the NCAA seemingly kind of sticking the head in the door and being like, you guys got this? Okay, cool. See you later. Like, I just don't understand. You know, we're having some conferences cancel based on medical information they're getting. We have three conferences pushing forward saying that they have legitimate medical, you know, information that says it's safe to do what they're doing. And I'm not saying either side. Right. Is getting false information, or that you shouldn't listen to doctors. Do not make that your takeaway here. <laughs> like there are yeah. multiple ways to. Um,
0: I think that's really yeah. important, actually. Like, <laughs> because here is the other thing: we knew. A while ago, that myocarditis was a potential complication, even among some younger people from COVID nineteen. Yeah.
1: And it's also a, it is a side effect, I believe, from other viruses. This could be yeah. a symptom, you know, something that happens. It's not COVID specific, so this is not necessarily new information. It's just shown that, like, when you have a starting pitcher for the Boston Red Sox that's missing the rest of the season because myocarditis, card, I always mess that up. But it, with these heart injury, heart issues, um, you have to pay attention to that.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I, I, of course, and I, I just, I think I'm mystified by, it, it almost seems to be that the, the powers that be in those conferences were, especially the Big Ten, not as much the Pac-12, because I feel like they've always had a degree of caution and, and a little bit more doubt in terms of whether they were going to play or not. It, at least that's how it seemed to me from the outside. Yeah, 100%. But it's like, to me, if you're only just now realizing that myocarditis could be a thing because you have some athletes that have contracted it in your league, I think that's also really irresponsible. Like it, to me, that's just as bad. If it took that, like if it took specific players from your league to have developed complications for you to be like, Oh my gosh, this could be a problem. Yeah. I'm also like, I don't think that that makes you forward thinking and progressive and like for player safety, because we all knew that those were potential complications. Right. Like, why did it take you seeing that happen? You know, and in some ways that makes them not unlike the rest of the country. And that like, it doesn't, if it doesn't impact you, you don't notice it. Right. And, and that shouldn't be the mindset of people making decisions about college athletics, no. you know? And I think it's been interesting too. I mean, I've heard from a lot of local coaches and every coach that has talked around here. And I know Virginia is doing some of the same thing. Cause I saw them um, quoted in a piece on ESPN.com, one of Virginia's doctors that they've have always been screening guys who recovered from COVID for myocarditis because they knew that was a potential complication. Like, (laughs) so so for all of those acting like, and I understand the cynicism. I do. I understand the cynicism, but for everybody acting like the ACC and SEC are just like putting their fingers in their ears and ignoring medical information. I think that that's also just as silly and short-sighted. I don't think that's necessarily what's happening. I think what these leagues are doing, this is just my opinion, is... You know, is is they're just sort of waiting right now. They know that they made the schedule and put it out and have brought these guys back to campus and said, let's try to make this work. Yeah. And so I think that's what they're honestly trying to do. And I, okay, for risk of this sounding really bad, because I think everybody knows how I've mostly felt about this. I actually think that that's the better and more fair way to these players. I don't, I think the way the Big Ten has handled this really for the most part, and I'm, I know there's several layers So I'm not blaming Kevin Warren. Yeah. I, I'm talking more about the presidents too it's it's been trash i'm sorry yeah like don't put out a and a week later all of a sudden be like what this is a complication well we can't do this now it's like this was a complication before
1: that's what kind of and i don't know but the feeling too around some of it makes me think that some of it is around the words of college football players association affecting the decision as well um you know the idea that And again, I don't, this is just from the way the timeline played out. It's just interesting. I do think that they care about the safety of the players. I agree with you that these are things that (laughs) there's a lot of pre-planning that I feel like could have been going on that has not. Um, And a lot of that I think revolves around the schools not wanting to, or like the leagues not wanting to say like, yes, athletes are different. Um, from regular students, right? So we've yeah, talked about this before.
0: So much This comes from yeah, and, and
1: where it's like, look, we all know now, and I was one that said this earlier. Like, it's not safe for student athletes if it's not safe for the regular students. And now, one million percent changed my tune. <laughs> it is not safe for the student athletes if the regular students are on on campus um, because it's there's just no you lose all control of that bubble. They've created these little bubbles. Every single league that has been successful has operated in a bubble. Um, And so that part of it is, you know, if schools say, all right, we're going fully online and only student athletes are allowed in the dorms and, you know, on-campus housing, um, that signifies that there's something else than just regular students that they have more, I don't want to say importance to the school. That doesn't necessarily seem fair, but like it, it definitely changes how they're viewed. Right. So there's some, I, I just think that there's potential that maybe when that was factored in with some of these that are like, look, we can't have, we got to keep amateurism intact. Um, we're just going to cancel the season before this turns into, you know. But then we're looking already at Mark Emmert said the word bubble with regards to college basketball in the spring. So um, w- what happens there? How does that change things? Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised to see. Some folks, you know, media-wise surprised that uh, on the reports that recruiters have used the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceling the season against them. Like, they don't – and to be clear, saying that they don't care about football, like, you you should not be using we care less about your personal safety as a way to recruit someone to your school, just to be clear. But the fact that anyone's shocked what people will and will not use to recruit against people, I mean – there were people allegedly t- recruiting against Tony Bennett after the horrible, like after the Nazis and Unite the Right rally came through Charlottesville, and those weren't Charlottesville people. They weren't UVA related people. They were just horrible right. racists that came to town, like because the you know they wanted to take the Robert E Lee statue down, and um, there were people that yeah. recruited against Virginia for that. Like, oh, look, look what's going on in, in Charlottesville. Like, that's what you can expect. Like, that kind of stuff. So you're surprised that they're going to use this? Like, no, they're going to use this. They use it if your coach gets old. <laughs> like, or coughs,
0: I, I, you know? We, we were at a stage in this pandemic not that long ago where, for the most part, I think we all agreed on some basic things involving COVID-19, right? And that I think we all accepted certain things about it and what activities were and weren't safe. And, and, and now I think, and, and, it, and if you saw doctors saying anything to the contrary, for instance, like about masks, you know, everybody pretty much agreed that those medical opinions weren't necessarily to be respected and that nothing, you know, nothing good was to come from following that. But now I think we've reached this point where we somehow expect all doctors to be in lockstep involving something that is so nebulous yeah. and is so... Um, you know, and it's like it's become this thing, I think, with with some members of the media who, uh, again, we've we've established this. They don't want seasons to be canceled. I think they're just everybody's concerned for the most part about player safety and yeah. the motivation behind certain things. But I've, I've seen certain members of the media, again, suggest that. And I think that there's a geographical bias that's involved here, too, yeah. which I don't go for. Yeah. It's like it's country bumpkins in the south yeah. and in Texas, you know, yeah. in the you know, they don't care and their scientists are stupid and yeah. what, and I, I don't care for that at all. Honestly, I think that's terrible.
1: I do too. Um, I, the other part, I don't think the big 10 or the PAC 12 have really Maybe I missed it, and that's on me. There's been a lot of stuff going on this week, y'all. I have seen, like, I read the interview with Dr. Wolf with the with SBJ Daily, like, and why he said specifically, here are the things that are dangerous. Here's what we can do to mitigate those things. Here's why we think it's safe for the ACC to to play in these conditions. Yeah, like, blah blah blah. I haven't seen anything. I feel like the Big Ten's like, we got a bunch of information, so we're canceling. Like, what information did you get? Like, can I? look at that like what are i just need like i just think a little little bit more transparency on that about what exactly um because we all know this stuff is crummy and this sucks and we don't i don't want to be doing this anymore you guys i want to see my friends (laughs) like
0: i want to leave my house like 12 did release their medical report which i i skimmed through a little bit because i actually many streams i have hosted on our website the pac-12 presser was one um, that makes sense.
1: I, that the, see, the Pac-12 is like you said. I think they've been in the forefront of some of these things, but
0: uh, and see, here's the thing: their biggest concern, and it's actually something that Mac has, Mac Brown has addressed locally too, is not only the prevalence of testing because I think they've gotten a good job, they've gotten to a good place there, but it's the turnaround time. It's both: it's testing and and turnaround time. And the, the PAC-12 was not. And then we also see places like California where a big percentage of the PAC, you know, decent percentage of the PAC-12 is, has had an uptake in cases. Yeah. So you, you combine all of those things with the fact that testing is not where they want it to be in terms of both access to it and turnaround time.
1: Yeah. And that's and, important. <laughs> very, very yeah. important.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's a big, yeah, that's a big piece to watch here, honestly, because we you I've heard Mac talk about that too, because he's like, you know, if you test a guy 72 hours before the game and you don't get the results back until, you know, two days later, you're going to put your team in kind of a weird yeah. position because you could end up having to, like, call a game the night before it.
1: And so, it's, it's very much to something that, you know, Virginia has benefited from having the hospital here on grounds that has been able to handle the testing and handle the testing quickly um but you get into all these other factors like you taught like there was a bunch of noise not, not even noise i don't know if that's the right way to say it but um coming out of florida state yesterday with you know there some a couple of their wide receivers a couple of players saying like like this is all crap like we're not getting tested or they've been telling people who test positive to stay quiet which is my biggest like stressor yeah that's, that, oh right oh man like I, oh god that's like immediate firing in my opinion like i just cannot deal with the fact that like and this is stuff i you know interned with a group of five football player after he had left school, you know graduated or whatever and some of the stories that he told in that other like someone else that played football at a big school, like power five school, like, Oh yeah, they'll tell you to like suck it up, do this, do that. Like someone is heat stroke. And like, and so that whole, that's a whole other underlying issue with college athletics in my opinion, but that's not the discussion for today, but the idea that that's prevalent in saying like, you know, I don't want to hear about it. If you know, like, no, you're not positive. Like we can't cancel the season. Like, so don't tell anyone like that kind of stuff. Like that is so unbelievably dangerous and damaging. Um, but there's also, I saw some, you know, um, Jess Matana was talking yesterday about some students at Notre Dame were saying like okay it's great that the football team is getting tested but why is like we were told as undergrads that we were going to get tested and now people who test positive aren't being quarantined or you know the contract tracing isn't contact tracing isn't happening Um, and that's also not okay in my opinion like you can't just you know you can't tout how well you're doing with the football program while the rest of the campus around you is is uh struggle city but
0: yeah and uh, i mean i'll i'll say this too like it i think this is what i honestly have come to believe at this point the less you put on the line for this season the better right like and that'll be sort of determined as we go, I think. Like, college football playoff has said they're still, you know, quote-unquote prepared to select teams. We don't know what that means or what it will look like. But I think the less you actually have at stake, the better this is going to go. Because the more you have at stake, the more incentive coaches are going to have to act like that. And yeah, that's 100%. just reality. And, and, and if we want sports, we want these guys to get a chance to play, you know, and we want them to be able to do what they've worked hard to do this season. I honestly think that might be the best potential case scenario because we can't bubble them. So we have to kind of deal with that reality of like, all right, if we don't want coaches to act like jerks um, and to, to do things that are dangerous, because those things aren't just dangerous for their own team. They're dangerous for whatever team they're playing. 100%. Um, yeah. And, you know, Then we need to make sure that maybe we say, look, you know, X, Y, Z isn't on the line. Um, that's just my personal opinion on that because it, you can't trust them with what's at stake, I think, to do the right thing. And, you know, I've said it on here before. David Cutcliffe's been saying it since before the season started. Like, let's just play some games, man, like, and figure it out. You know, like, yeah, just play. I mean, who, you know, you can organize games in way shorter of amount of time than people think
1: yeah it, and 100 that's that's a really great point about like if they feel like that there, maybe there's not as much at stake and this is you know to play games and play as many as they can safely and um yeah. you know who know like people want to talk about bowls and i'm like let's chill out first let's get through a game right. like, let's and then we'll worry about but it's just kind of you know
0: what? what's interesting about the travel part too I had this thought because like we look at Major League Baseball and we say, well, look at what's happening with them because they're traveling versus the bubbles. Well, I will point out this and I think this is fair to say, like having some idea of a routine on a college football or basketball road trip. Let's just say those players have way less opportunity um, to make choices that would be poor on Fed yes. road <laughs> yeah <laughs> the turnaround
1: is much smaller there are way more people making sure they got into their rooms and stay there um
0: yeah they're not allowed to leave they're yeah. not allowed to have like ladies in their rooms unless not you sneak thing.
1: them in in seahawks gear <laughs>
0: well, I've ne- oh my god i love that so much i loved it hated it but it did make me laugh <laughs> that's the best but- did, I, I, did she have on, like, pads? So that was home? my
1: question, because, like, I just need to go through... You You know that there are players that successfully have snuck someone into the room. Like, I just have this feeling, like, like there are just different levels of, like, how successful people have been, like, sneaking people in during... The, and, again, don't do it. It's very dangerous. Like, it completely goes against the idea of having a bubble. But... That was my, like, why did you decide that, like, one, I need to know, like, I'm hoping that this woman is, like, 5'2", like, one fifteen. You know what I mean? Like, not gonna cut it as looking like the build of a football player. And then if she's in, like, I'm assuming she wouldn't be in pads and a helmet, because that would stand out worse. So, like, what was the plan? Why didn't you go with, like, hotel staff?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like, there was so room service
1: delivery. <laughs>
0: like, yes, we can in a room
1: service part. What are we doing? How is this your plan? I need to know everything about this. That's all I care about. Oh
0: man. Yeah, like unless she had helmet and pads on, I feel like there's no reason to, to mistake her for like a football player.
1: Yeah, and um, then then the question is why would that person be in the hotel in helmet and pads?
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's true actually. Even a <laughs> football player wouldn't be walking back <laughs> there in the home. Like oh my yeah. God. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, you don't hear, I mean, I, I'm sure it's happened, I guess, in the past, but you don't hear about that quite as much happening on those types of road trips. You don't hear about college athletes doing that on the road, you know, at home, sure, probably, but at home, on the road, you don't hear about that. So I think like their road environment is a little bit more controlled and assuming a lot of them fly, some fly commercial, I guess, but a lot of them fly privately. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like the travel part of it, it did concern me at first too, but then I thought about their road trip environment and I was kind of like, well, I don't know if that's the part that's concerning. It's still, um, it's still the whole, like being in class thing, but I will say this. Um, some of the, some of the athletes already have been asked about that because I know even they express some concern. Yeah. Um, and, like, actually, it's funny. Dave Doran's kid goes to NC State. So he,
1: oh, wow. he, was,
0: he was asking about it. And he has a lot of them. First of all, don't have many classes that are meeting in person. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are have gone virtual if they can. But the ones that are apparently, um, like they do have the desks, I think more than six feet apart. But Doran's son was saying, I was hearing something similar at UNC. Um, they have the face shields that do fit the teacher, unlike the Georgia one. Um, <laughs> You know, and, uh, at Carolina, I remember, uh, one of the Mac was saying that one of the players told him that that somebody was out there opening doors so that like nobody had to touch the door handles, um, which I thought was interesting.
1: Except for that Uh, one person that has to touch the door handles.
0: Yeah. Except for that person, but at least it's just one touching the handle, I guess. You know, so I thought I was like, okay, you know, and and they said they actually felt pretty safe in that kind of environment. Obviously everybody had to wear masks that was inside. Yeah. Um, and you know, um, and a lot of them only have one or maybe two classes that meet in person, if that many. So
1: yeah, I think um, the class, the class problem, problem, <laughs> the class issue is easily fixable with with technology. Considering a lot of these schools had to figure out how to do things remotely back in you know March, April, May, um, and so I think that the living situation gets a little bit trickier I think um, and just the idea that you know you could come into contact with someone that you know you could go to the local like place for pickup and have a you know interaction with someone that went to a house party the night before and to and no fault of your own type thing can, you know contract so it's going to be
0: right the, uh, the, the whole like we've got to trust the players to do the right thing is the biggest concern yeah. overall um, you know and you hear players sort of say the right things I mean I've heard some of them say like look we understand that we can't yeah have a social life this year if we want this to work yeah you know like w- we understand that to make this work we will have to make sacrifices yeah Um, and I know Carolina players were saying for instance for them that like you know because they had a cluster in June that kind of made it hit home for them yeah um, and, and since and, and, and
1: what they had like 32 early and they've had zero since. Um, I think BC's been without. And look, there yeah. there's a lot of like you're yeah. absolutely right. And this is where um, like team culture is going to play into a lot of stuff um, for sure. And, and that's you know either your team has a lot to play for. Um, you know, th- I think this Carolina team is super excited about this season because they're supposed to be very, very good. Um, and so the- it might be easier for a player to sure. make those sacrifices, knowing that the result could be one of the best seasons in recent well, history for the school. You know what I mean? like
0: <laughs> one other, Yeah. And the other thing that's interesting, too, is like um, Bo Corrales had, had tweeted about this recently. He's a wide receiver for Carolina. He He's a type one diabetic. Yeah. Mm. Um, and there are guys on the team. I think there's one that had cancer last year um, and, and is still recovering. And like, you know, Mac has really impressed upon the guys too. you know, do, be responsible, not for me, not for the season, but like, because you're going to be around those guys, like yeah. because we have, we have assistants that are out here that are in their seventies, you know, Mac's older, Yeah. you know, like do it for everybody else. Like not for you, do it for, do it for them because you're, you're keeping them safe. And if you're reckless, you're being reckless with, with everybody's life. You know? Yeah, um, and and I think that's you know, that can be a powerful message too. Like, there's just so many different people that could potentially be you know impacted by that if you bring it in the locker room. And and it's easy to say, well, they're college kids and they're irresponsible. But I would argue that if you've made it to the point of being a college athlete, yes, you can still be irresponsible. It's human nature. But like you, uh, you probably have a different degree of self-discipline <laughs> than the average person at yeah. that age. You know. Yeah. Um, and I, it, just, it, I yeah. think it's fair to Understood. say, like, you, you know, you, sorry, you and I are like of the variety of like, we've been skeptical of some of these plans. I was skeptical mm-hmm. of the NBA's plan for like a lot of reasons. And you can poke holes in almost any plan you have. Right. Sure. You really can But I don't know. I, I've, I've weirdly kind of gotten to the place where I feel like, you know what? I've been proven wrong more than once. Like, I didn't know if the hockey plan would work. And so far, it's been perfectly great. Yeah. You know, I didn't know. I thought the NBA plan had holes in it. It's been great. What have they been, like, a month now without a positive yeah. in their bubble?
1: You like, had full so the, I, both the NWSL yeah. and obviously the NWSL had issues with teams not being able to go because of making yeah. choices beforehand. Um, and I also think that that might be something that these conferences need to look at um, with, like, legitimately looking at forfeits for teams that – are shown to not follow the rules or hit certain, um, you know, wickets during the season. Like, hey, if you have a cluster, if you aren't following things, like, we will just like you're out for the season. You forfeit, like that kind. Of, I, I think that's an important factor, just because. But you look at yeah. the NWL. I think the MLS had their full thing without any positives. The um, Premier Lacrosse League PLL did their full. Um, bubble they did there's in the same location as the nwsl they're out in utah um just fun facts maybe it's a nice place to do things
0: um <laughs> <for> <laughs> i wouldn't know travel what's that yeah what is
1: that what is not being in virginia like um so i i, I agree i think that there's things where i was like okay good idea guys Wait, yeah let's make sure we have this very important you know month-long tournament for xyz and they've done it and they've done it well and and a lot of, and I always appreciate when the athletes shout out the support staffs that make this happen because that's the other, that's the other part of it too, right? Like,
0: it's not, it's just, not just the players and the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're looking at
1: all of the, and granted, you won't have day, like daily support staff for game day type stuff. You're not going to have concessions people, you're not, you know, ticket takers, that sort of thing. And that sucks too, by the way. This isn't just like <laughs> those, these are people that, would have had a job otherwise on, you know, Saturdays for 10 weeks over the 12 weeks over the course of the season that now, um, because there won't be fans or because these are going to be so tightly, um, contained that aren't getting that income and that stinks. But, you know, you look at, you got to make sure, I hope someone's, I hope the ref organization are coming up with good ref plans. Um, to make sure that the refs are getting tested because that's the central piece that will, you know, touch a lot of things if the season does happen. Um, You know, I don't know if some of these, uh, if the ACC, uh, SEC doesn't have a non-conference game, Big 12 might, but like Virginia just lost their non-con because VMI canceled their season. So, yeah. like, do they I, try and find yeah. a new one? <laughs> Who's left, and is it worth like trying to play Army because that's not really a tune-up game?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I think I'm at the point now where I just, I, I think we all need to recognize that this is not necessarily an issue that has like it's that has like binary solutions, right? Because, yeah. and I, I'm not trying to go like, what about jobs? What about mental health or anything like that? But let's let's be realistic here. Canceling a college football season. Will cost a ton of people jobs, like in a in a in a footprint and in a in a sort of a, I, what's the word? Like it will have fallout that people cannot possibly begin to imagine. Yeah. It, it it ripples to communities that rely upon that money, um, in terms of restaurants and businesses. Like that's a big part of their business is when it's football weekend, people coming into town. Um, it, it, you know. Of course. And, and that money, obviously, if there's no fans is still, that's still a hit to them. Mm -hmm. But so even if you just narrow it down though, to a college football team, I mean, there are people who work for that team. You're already seeing jobs cut in various capacities from people that work for that team that are support staff. And you know, that's going to impact them. It's going to impact every single other sport. I think we know that too. It's going to impact every single other sport in ways that we can't begin to imagine Jobs will be lost. Teams will be cut. This is going to have extremely wide-reaching implications. And I think that's also part of the reason, honestly, that the ACC is trying and the SEC and whoever else is trying really hard to try to make this work because they know how much other entities around their school depend on this happening. Yeah.
1: And I, I did appreciate, like, one, oh, man, my heart goes out to the, like, UNC field hockey team, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Like>, uh. <laughs> That team has won, like, 500 million games in a row. Um, I think it's legitimately, like, 150, 140-something games straight that they've won. Um, They've won, like, three straight national championships. And, granted, they might still be able to play, but, you know, there's no national – there's no championships. There's no fall championships for them. Like, I'm curious, like, what happens there. And I did appreciate that, you know, Mark Emmert said that their focus is going to be on – this winter and spring athletes in the sense that, look, they already got some stuff canceled. Like they didn't get their championships last year or in 2020. Like we need to make sure that we're doing things that ensure that they can safely play in 2021 to, you know, it doesn't make up for losing things in 2020. That sucks. It sucks all the way around. Um, But trying to prevent having them have to cancel again, um, which would, I don't know if I could take not having, March Madness two years in a row, but
0: yeah. And I I think it does seem like college basketball is using more the, the benefit of time to try to figure out a way to make this work. And when I saw like a week or so ago that they were using the word bubble, I was frankly relieved yeah, because I was like, thank God because that means that they are trying to figure out a way to make this work. Whereas with college football, I just feel like we haven't gotten any assurance that they're thinking beyond like, this is our plan. And if this doesn't work well, we'll just blow it all up. Whereas like, you know, I mean, I, I just feel like the Big Ten and Pac-12, I understand why they did what they did. I understand that they want a definitive answer. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, But at the same time, I, I, I think I tend to, especially with all of the hype that all of these leagues have done, of like, hey, let's release our schedule. Hey, everything's fine. Come on back to campus, guys. We're going to have a season. With all of that being taken into account, I just think the only way you can be fair to these players is to try to wait and see what happens once students come back and how that impacts testing. And that's it. That's all you can do. Yeah. You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, it, there's so many, man, I don't know this. I just still can't believe that five months later and we're still doing this. Like I remember when I know. in, Oh gosh, what was that? April, May end of, yeah. end of April, I think is when Virginia said that the, you know, stay at home, you know, only leave for necessity is like, you know, masks uh, and that sort of stuff like through June 15th. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) This is going to be so hard. Like I need to get out of my house. Like, and I like to go do things, but I'm definitely not someone that's like, I got to be at the bar every weekend. I got to do, I am sort of a homebody. I like stay home, play video games or whatever else. But I definitely thought like, june 15th It's like six weeks i'm never gonna is this gonna? i don't think i can do that is it gonna go this long and here we are five months like from the start of this thing um and i'm still like i'm getting ready to go to the grocery store this afternoon i'm gonna get my little bag together with the you know wipes and my hand sanitizer and my mask and run the errands i need to run which is just the grocery store (laughs) like (laughs) it's nuts i can't believe we're still doing this
0: I, I know, I know. It's 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 crazy, and you know, I, I think if, if, if there is a good sign, it's that I think like masks have become increasingly normalized. Not everywhere, not everybody's doing it, but like it's becoming increasingly, you know, more and more areas are mandating it, and that yeah. seems to have been improving things, which is great. You know, that's that's good to see. And uh, it's just, I, I just, I'm I'm like you. I want it to be over, and there's there's the thing is there's plenty of blame to go around i don't want this to come across like i'm blaming the big 10 or Pac. oh no definitely not.
1: That. Uh, definitely not definitely like, not
0: the only thing i am specific like yes at the end of the day the blame goes with with a lot of places it goes with the government response it goes <laughs> with people not wanting to wear masks yes. and ignoring warnings and all of that stuff but my thing is they are specifically in charge of their own leagues and i get frustrated when it feels as if there is no contingency plan being yeah. thought of. And that's been my suspicion this whole time. And so like to hear it validated, you know, it is really frustrating. And I just think that part is really unfair and they haven't involved the players in any step of this process. That's yeah. another difference between college and pro sports. Yeah. They have involved their players. What do you feel safe doing? And what do you not? Yeah. And if, if you're not going to do that, then don't suddenly seem to su- like be surprised when, when some players step up and say, Hey, you know, Syracuse, we've seen that. Yeah. Um, xyz we want to see happen so that we can feel safe and we want to make sure other schools are following protocols it's totally understandable for instance that syracuse wouldn't want to play liberty mm-hmm. um, don't get so, me started on that.
1: <laughs> someone yeah. was like oh who still has dates open like trying to find a new like non-con for virginia and like everyone's like do not schedule liberty <laughs> we well, don't care if you open don't. virginia tech like just um
0: yeah I bet, yeah that's that's the next that's the next like if we get to that point i will that's where you will see me turn into um a crazy person because i will if, if somebody gets far enough into the season that they're actually going to do that with them i'm going to need to be seeing receipts and documentation like you got to show me video proof you got to show me all kinds of proof that you're doing stuff right yeah. because i don't yeah. believe you yeah and you know i and, and i think Syracuse players are probably concerned with well, I don't even know if they have Florida State in their schedule this year. They might not anymore, but Virginia like, has
1: Florida State and Miami.
0: The Syracuse, because um, I know their players have been the most like concerned and uh, missing practice for various reasons. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't Syracuse's away
1: know. schedule is brutal. Like yeah. I think Syracuse might have so You
0: know, Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I get that. Yeah. But you know, the, it's it's the leadership. It's like, you got to be able to think outside the box. And I think the NBA has done, and NHL have done a really good job of that. They said, we, we're going to do this here and do it this way. And these are going to be our protocols and it's work. Yeah. And it, for them to just sort of have no backup plan just so that they can keep this model of amateurism alive and, and they can yeah. cost these athletic programs as much money as they're going to end up costing them because they were just so bound and determined to do things a certain way is that makes me angry. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I, I can be angry at multiple people at yeah. the same time. Trust
1: you know? me, I have that capacity.
0: <laughs> people say, like, you should be mad at the people that didn't wear masks. Well, I already was. Yeah. I'm silly. The, like, I,
1: Don't worry, I am.
0: <laughs> but I'm also mad at these people who have seen a case surge since June and, for whatever reason, have been like, you spring? What? Yeah. Uh, spring? I mean, we've been talking about the spring since, like, May.
1: <laughs> My question is, like, when you look at And again, I understand the argument against the bubble, if you will, is the idea that they're sending players to a controlled environment to just play games and make money for the school, right? The optics of it are definitely different than if they're on campus and going to class and being a college student. Is there no way to – and to be very clear, I am so for finding the – like. (laughs) let's get they could have signed the nil stuff and solve so many problems um like can't you just give them wouldn't it be fair in this situation to say like okay because of the ongoing pandemic and your inability to xyz here's we're bumping up the cost of living allowance to xyz and give the players more money within the controls that they already have Am I missing? Yeah, it? I don't know. I mean, like, Maybe. it just seems like such an easy way to, f- again, I just, where we're, I used to have to show up to flight briefs with three different routes planned in case of bad weather in one yeah. of the areas that the instructor wanted to go to or like they'd show up and be like all right we're going to tallahassee today and then we'd look and tallahassee was you know overcast and we couldn't do landings there so they'd be like what else do you have and i had to be ready like i have contingency plans prepared and ready to roll out like and, and say what you will about jeff brome's plan like some people were like well it's stupid we can't even do that anyway at least he had a plan he came up with a plan that was thought out and had backup to it. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing that kills me. Like there's a plan there. Start with that work around it. Like anyway, it's there's, you're right. There's so many.
0: Max talked about that this week too. Like he was like, there's my issue is like, if you can't tell us right now, if there's uncertainty, I understand that. But why don't you just lay out for us? Okay. If we don't hit X mark by then, this is what our plan B is going to be. And if we, if we need to move to spring for whatever reason, even though, you know, Whatever issues you might have. This is our plan around spring, like have backup plans. Yeah, that's his thing. like, and tell us what they are, you know, and, and, and that's been sort of an issue, too, is there's been this extended game of telephone, right? The presidents have their own set of concerns. They're probably talking to ADs who have their own set of concerns who are then sort of talking to the coaches and the coaches by the way have like become like guesties through this because they have like their own <laughs> weekly meetings.
1: <laughs> I need to know what that group chat's like you know
0: <laughs> I know I know and like yeah, yeah I heard one of the coaches say like who knew we're all, we all actually get along when we're not like trying to compete against each other and like they they were David Kuklip I think was the one talking about how on those calls one of them will be like yes I heard x for my id and somebody will be like oh I heard this that completely contradicts that for my id and it's like this is what the coaches are dealing with. And then they're being asked by their players, Hey, what's going on? Yeah, And you know, they're like, look, I barely know more than y'all. And, and in some ways I kind of believe that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: You and, know? And that's, that's the vibe we've gotten from, you know, we've had availability with coach Mendenhall and a couple of players this week from Virginia and just staying focused on as far as we know right now, we're playing a football game. In you know at the time it was on September 11th like you know 31 days away or whatever it was um you know we're playing a game we have to prepare like we're playing a game there's going to be extra you know safety precautions but all i know right now is that as of right now i'm playing a game and that's part two is like where i do feel like, I feel bad, really badly for the Big Ten and Pac-12 players. Like, some of those guys that would have been their last time to play football. Like, yeah. you know, I, this it, that's the stuff that, like, absolutely kills me. And you, and you look at the emotional toll that all of that took on players, like, are we playing are we not playing are we canceled? we're canceled and like that's
0: why i'm mad at their leadership yeah that's what. that's why i'm mad because it's like things that we already knew were facts all of a sudden became some reasons to cancel the season yeah. and you led them on to think that this was going to happen and i just i just don't like the way it was handled especially personally.
1: with but, schedule release
0: like yeah yeah, don't hype that up and put it on your network and make it into this big deal. No, I um, yeah, I, I, I do. Uh, we probably should wrap up soon, but I want to get everybody out of here on this. Um, it's a happy story, and it's funny because you know I'm posting stuff and I'm I'm doing on stuff for, stuff for our website, and we have a new a newish um, TV sports anchor who started sadly, like right before the pandemic. Um, his name's Chris Lee. He was in Greensboro before, but now he's here, and he. Um, Had sort of gotten or somebody reached out to him from UNC, a player anonymously who had, um, you know, had asymptomatic COVID case and recovered. And he reached out to him, and I see that he's got this anonymous report, and I'm immediately like, "Oh God, you know, oh God," and I read it, and I'm like, "Huh." He they like according to this guy, they are doing everything that they said they were doing, Um, and I was like. You know, cause whenever you see anonymous report, you're like, yeah. Oh no, this is bad. <laughs> but like, it was somewhat, I, I, I don't mean this to sound naive. Right. But th- it was someone who had no reason to lie at that moment, you know? Yeah. Um, and just sort of was like, Hey, you know, this is my, this was my experience. And he, you know, said that he got put into quarantine and was in there. I think it ended up being for 12 days cause he was able to get a negative test and got everything brought to him. Didn't leave the room. Um, the other COVID cases were in the same dorm, but all spaced out, you know, from one another. And, uh, they followed all the protocols the way they had said they were going to. And, um, I was like, Oh, that, that made me feel like slightly better because yeah. yes, we do have reason to think that guys won't, the coaches won't follow stuff, but it does seem like people are trying, um, to, to do the right things by their players. Yeah. For sure.
1: I hope so, man, uh, I feel like we just yeah. talked to the people for 45 minutes and, I know, <laughs> like, well, we're in the same spot we laid in the beginning, but you know, that's what well, 2020 I, is. <laughs> well,
0: I, I think the biggest thing to take out of all this, at least for me, is like, this is not an either-or situation. I don't think it's a binary thing in the way you look, the way that you look at this. Yeah. I really just don't believe that, and I think I know that some of the media members who do this are, are well-intentioned when they do this, but I think it's unfair to. To just say, well, the Pac-12 and, NS, NS, you know, and Big Ten canceled, that means the ACC should, too. It's worth asking the question, yeah. hey, if, this, if these leaks canceled, you know, how do you sort of square that? Um, but I also think it's worth pointing out that this is really new, and, and I think you could analyze this a bunch of different ways. Duke's epidemiologist, I believe, is the guy that's kind of the chair of the, of yeah, the medical the Yeah, that's that Dr. Team. Wolf
1: guy. Let's not
0: forget Duke was one of the first schools in the ACC basketball tournament to say, we're not playing. Like I don't, Duke does not mess around with stuff like this. Let me tell you, (laughs) especially when it comes to their medicine, like they do not mess around. And so I, I, you know, if a guy from Duke comes out and says this kind of stuff, I'm not saying I trust it blindly. I'm just saying, I put a lot of gravity on that. Um, That's a medical institution first and foremost, believe it or not. (laughs) Athletics makes it some money, but like that's a school that that their hospital is really important to them. And their, their medical, you know, their professors and doctors and all those people that's important to them and their reputation. So I promise you, he's not putting this out there lightly. Um, And everybody in those leagues is still saying we're going to keep monitoring it. They're not saying we're definitely going right. They're just saying we're continuing to monitor. And I think, I think right now, honestly, that's probably the best way to go. Cause that's, it's been that way with this virus this whole time. It's just yeah. sort of monitor as you go. And again, I've, I've been proven wrong thinking other situations wouldn't work and they ended up working just fine. So I have, I tend to have kind of an, a more open mind to this than, than I did even before. I mean, I thought the NBA wouldn't work. I thought the NHL wouldn't work and they did. And <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe we, maybe we have to take a step back and say, you know, it's possible that this could work and, and Maybe it is worth trying. I don't know. I don't have the answers, right? I don't know. Yeah. Um so no. <laughs> we'll see. Fingers I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it is gonna happen, maybe it's not. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, i I've, just-
1: I'm back on the roller coaster, you know, or I don't know if roller coaster is the right word, but I'm definitely at more of the peak right now of like, wow, I actually think a football game might happen. Um which yeah. you know, I, I say roller coaster because throughout the summer it's been oh definitely not happening. Like oh maybe it's like the you know woman trying the kombucha whatever. It's like no, well no. Like that's how I feel about whether or not there's going to be football. And right now I'm on the well, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the maybe, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe. Um. Yeah. So we'll see. And, um, look, I'm, I'm not trying to be Pollyannish here. I think, I think most of the people, especially if you listen to the last week's episode, you know, that's not my model <laughs> of uh, like, I'm not a Pollyannish person. And I'm not saying that. I just think it's worth for everybody involved here and everybody that this could impact. It's worth just waiting to see what happens. We already have the students on campus. They're not going anywhere. You're going to have the guys keep training. Let's just see. We can, we still have time to figure this thing out. Yeah. And if it ends up it can't work, it can't work. But at least you know you gave it your best shot, you know? I mean, whatever that means, right? Yep. (laughs) So, I don't know. All right. Um, So, none of y'all can say I'm rooting for the virus, whatever that means. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I know.
1: Uh, I can't believe we're still doing this discussion in August.
0: Well, and what... uh, You know, uh, uh, we will wrap up after this. But what sucks is that, like, I do... Like some of the people that are just blindly saying, like, why aren't you listening to doctors that from the Big Ten and Pac-12 and like wagging their finger at the SEC and (laughs) ACQ? I know where they're coming from when they do that. And I know it's not from a bad place, but it just gives ammunition to those people that are like, you just want football to be canceled no matter what. Of course, they don't want that. But I also understand more of the pushback to that, you know, a little bit when you look at it. You look at it from a little bit higher vantage point, I guess, and say like, OK, well, I don't think an epidemiologist from Duke is going to be out here telling lies so that football can be played. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And it doesn't have to be now. It doesn't, just because they did it right now doesn't mean that any other league has to. They're, I don't know why we're acting like there has to be some arbitrary deadline. I mean, we canceled the AC tournament the day of. Like
1: (laughs) true. It was about to tip off for that for that game on the twelfth.
0: Right. So like it doesn't have to be today if it gets canceled. That's all I'm sort of saying. Like if they wait, I don't think that makes them irresponsible yet. Like, let's wait and see what actually happens before we evaluate and point fingers at our country bumpkin doctors down here in the south. (laughs) All right. Easy with your coastal elitism, guys. Just saying. I don't like that word either, but I think it applies in this instance if you are blindly pointing fingers at doctors from other leagues and saying that they're from areas of the country that somehow blindly all think alike, right? Mm -hmm. That's not fair. All right. Well, that's enough for today. I hope everybody um, got a little more cheer out of this week's episode than last week's. Um, All right. Until next week, everybody. Um, Just a big old shruggy. Bye.